Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. And it actually is your birthday, Mike. So happy birthday. Thank you very much, Wendy. I had a fun day with you. We were in the studio all day long working on new sunspot tracks for you guys to listen yeah. to. Yeah. Yep. They're coming along quite nicely, I yep. must say. And so we had a lot of fun doing that today, and now we're just finishing up with a discussion about one of my favorite characters. It's your birthday topic. You got to pick anyone you wanted, Mike. Who did you pick? (laughs) Wendy was very gracious (laughs) with me. She said, you can pick any topic you want. Look, So after we left Chuck E. Cheese, she said we can talk about whatever you want to. Anyway. We figured this week we would talk about The Prince of Thieves, The Outlaw, A Sherwood Forest, Robin Hood. Yes, the man in tights. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a new movie coming out about Robin Hood with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And I love Jamie. I think Jamie Foxx is a very talented actor. It just always surprises me a little bit because mm-hmm. I just remember him as the guy from In Living Color. Ah, uh, Yes. You know, and he always played such a crazy, like his character, right. I picture him. Exaggerated characters. When, well, <laughs> when he was nominated for an Oscar for Ray Charles. And he did a great job oh as Ray gosh, Charles. Yeah. But I always picture like he had this character, Wanda, which was like this woman who just this disgusting woman right. who would always go on like a blind date with somebody. And she'd be shocked by how disgusting you know, she was. <laughs> and Jamie Foxx always had the character of Wanda. So like I would picture him like Jamie Foxx in and then I would picture the Wanda character. Nice. Like so when they said that Jamie Foxx is going to be the new Robin so Hood you've, movie. You've typecast him into like every character has to be Wanda. <laughs> or, or the guy from Booty Call. Oh... Or Jamie Foxx's character from Booty Kid, like the Predator Dreads. I don't think that's how Robin Hood's going to be. No, I don't think it's going to be. Obviously, he's talented. But you just get those first idea of your actor out of your head. And so it's a, it's a new Robin Hood movie. And I am a sucker for Robin Hood movies. Oh, okay. What's your favorite one? Well, my favorite, I mean, I think the best one is the Errol Flynn version, uh-huh. The Adventures of Robin Hood from, oh. you know, like 1938. It's got Basil Rathbone. Your old the, school. Yes. Okay. Because that was the one my dad showed me when we were kids. So oh. he'd be like, well, this was the Robin Hood I watched when I, I was see. a kid. <laughs> Basil Rathbone, the guy that played Sherlock Holmes in, in all those 1940s adaptations, mm-hmm. uh, he was, you know, the bad guy and things like that. And Errol Flynn's a dashing figure as Robin Hood. You know, there's some great versions, too. Uh, I really enjoy. There was a there was a made for TV version the same year that the Kevin Costner one came out. Oof! Wow. Good year for the Robin Hood. Good year for right. And that one had Uma Thurman as Maid Marian. Oh wow! And Jürgen Prochnow as the bad guy from Das Boot. Big names. Yeah, it was it was a really good movie because it was supposed to be originally theatrically uh, put out in the United States. Mm-hmm. But then what happened was is that they didn't want to compete with Kevin Costner's version. Oh gosh, because Kevin yeah. Costner had come off winning the Oscar for Dances with Wolves, so he wins. He was the hotness right then. Yeah, I mean, and he directed <laughs> Dances with Wolves. Like that was his movie. I remember that. And I mean, Dances with Wolves obviously a great movie. But so you get the, the number one star coming in with a Robin Hood movie after his. So they didn't want to compete with that because mm-hmm. they didn't think they could compete with it in the advertising money and stuff. So they just put it on TV instead of releasing it theatrically. 
So they didn't think they could compete with Kevin Costner. Uh, well, and that's a that's a fair yeah. concern. <laughs> that was a big movie. Mm-hmm. because Huge. And that was the first one I saw in the theater. I mean, besides the Disney Robin Hood, I guess, I saw as a kid. With yeah. The fox playing Robin Hood. Oh, Remember that yeah, one? That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think Peter Ustinov played Robin Hood. So they had heavy hitters mm. in that one. But okay, so the Kevin Costner version, though, kind of that is our generation's Definitely. most famous one. Because you had the uh, Brian Adams song. Oh, oh no, you're thinking Wait, of Three no? Musketeers. Oh, dang it. That How was, did I mess that was the trifecta of Brian <laughs> Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart. What was the, Brian, which song was it? Everything I do, oh, I do, do it for you. Yeah, so that was this. That was the, they played it over the end credits. Oh, and I man. mean that had some heavy hitters too, because obviously Kevin Costner just coming yeah. off his Oscar. Morgan Freeman, dude, as Azim, <laughs> the the Moor who escapes with Robin Hood from the Crusades. Alan Rickman as the sheriff in Nottingham, and everybody loves Alan Rickman. And he had come off of being the bad guy in Die Hard. Oh yeah. So he comes off, and then he the next movie is going to be Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which it, it, it was a great movie. I can't say, I, I loved it. I mean, looking back on it now, it's kind of cheesy because they even have, they have magic in it too. That's a Robin Hood version where they have magic in it <laughs> because like the Sheriff Nottingham has a witch. A witch! Uh, a witch, badass! <laughs> but my disappointment, I mean, I think everybody's disappointment is Kevin Costner does not even try to have an English accent. Oh film. man, really? Yeah. He's like, well, screw it. He's like, uh, I'm just going to talk like I didn't feel the dreams. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> he's very charismatic and it, you know, he's good. And this is like the prototypical Robin Hood story because it has all the characters, except the funny thing is, is that when they were developing that version of Robin Hood, they added Morgan Freeman's character because there was a Moorish character in a television show during the 80s called oh. Robin of Sherwood. Huh. And that Robin of Sherwood also had some magic in it, too. It even had like this really awesome deer god uh, <laughs> of, like, of the forest. It brought out the pagan stuff. And we'll oh, get into we'll get the into Jägermeister. <laughs> it was like the Jägermeister. <laughs> you know, there's a, like a stag and a bottle of Jägermeister in case you're not in a band and kind of alcoholic. <laughs> oh, come on now. We could really, we haven't done a shot of Jägermeister since Wednesday. At least <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. It was, you know, Wednesdays, sometimes they get boring. Right. Um, but the thing is, they really brought out some of the pagan aspects of it. That's and, cool. And they also had a character that was a Saracen. Saracen was like a, that's the name of a, that's what they used to call Muslims, who they were fighting in the Crusades. So in the Middle Ages, just some quick history. We'll get into it really quick about some of the Robin Hood and everything. So during the Middle Ages, we had this thing called the Crusades. And if you don't know what they are, uh, it was the fact that once Muhammad converted most of the Middle East to Islam, the Muslims you know, formed like an empire to start taking over and converting the rest of the area. So they went to Jerusalem and they conquered Jerusalem. And the idea was that the Christians in Europe did not believe that they should have Jerusalem under Muslim control, non-Christian control. Mm-hmm. So the church got all the kings in Europe to get together, get a war going, go down to Jerusalem and try to get the Temple Mount back, try to get Jerusalem back for the Christians. It worked in the First Crusade. Okay. Uh, and then the Muslims won it back, mm. and then the Christians just kept on going and kept on going, and it didn't become really a holy war anymore. Is more for a way to, they were making money on the Crusades. Like the Crusades were. Uh, a, wow. Well, now that's where we get into Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. This idea that Robin Hood is a crusader who then comes back to England 
and sees you know things going wrong because he's a fan of you know King Richard the Lionhearted who was captured on his way back from the Crusades mm. and actually held for ransom oh. kind of thing. <laughs> and his brother Prince John was in charge of England. Now Prince John was the guy that made his noblemen so upset that eventually they signed the Magna Carta mm. to limit his powers. So the Magna Carta is the whole, you know, starting the basis of our government because it's the idea of limiting the king's powers, that he's got to get permission from his noblemen in order to, you know, do crazy things. Because kings can do whatever they want right before then. Well, yeah, right. sure. Well, that, It's good so, to be the king. <laughs> it's good to be the king uh, in Mel Brooks' terms. Mel Brooks also famously made fun of Robin Hood and Robin Hood men and times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where uh, Dave Chappelle played the Morgan Freeman character, oh, Carrie Elway's... Man. Carrie yes. Elways from Princess Bride played Robin Hood. And he so did a great awesome. job. <laughs> and that they even had that in the in the trailer mm. for Robin Hood Men in Tights. Was that because Carrie Elways is British? Yes. So he said, like, unlike other Robin Hoods, I'll do mine <laughs> with it. I'll do mine with the accent. <laughs> and a darn good accent. <laughs> yeah, a great that. one. <laughs> so King Richard, he is stuck. He is uh, being held for ransom, and Robin Hood comes back to an England held by this corrupt Prince John. And Prince John's cronies, the Sheriff of Nottingham. And the Sheriff of Nottingham is overtaxing the people. He's horrible to the peasants. Things like that. The usual idea of a corrupt nobility. Mm -hmm. The people in charge, the, the bastards in charge are all corrupt. Right. So then you have this Robin Hood who gets in trouble with Prince John for killing a deer in the king's wood. And then the Sheriff of Nottingham's coming after him for killing a deer. It's a, it's a killing offense back in the Middle Ages. I'm killing a deer. For just killing wow. the deer, killing that belonged to the king. So oh, you were taking okay. game that belonged gotcha. to the king. And so you'd be hung for it or whatever. Huh. So then the sheriff of Nottingham goes after him, and then Robin decides to become this outlaw that steals from all the rich bastards in medieval England and gives to the poor peasants. Mm -hmm. Takes the money and redistributes it himself. Right. And meanwhile, he meets his merry men, a band of outlaws too. <laughs> There's little John, who the joke is is that he's not little. He's like seven foot tall. There's Will Scarlet, like a young boy that helps him out. Not a young boy, but like a teenager that helps okay. him out. There's Alan Adale, uh, another one of his famous merry men, who Alan Adale is about to get married. He loves this woman, but you know this old knight wants to marry the woman instead. Oh. And so Robin helps Alan Adale like, get oh, rid of the old knight. he's a wingman. <laughs> yeah, he's like Alan Adale's <laughs> wingman to get rid of this old knight. So like, there's the, the classic merry men, the classic scenario that Robin is wanted by the Sheriff of Nottingham. Mm -hmm. And then I think in a lot of the different movies and stuff, they've had this, the sheriff is trying to draw, trying to draw Robin Hood out. So he has an archery contest. Ah, okay. And so since Robin Hood is such a tremendous archer. He's got to enter. He's got to go. Because the winner gets this pure, solid gold arrow. And then they have the entire contest there. And Robin's like dressed up like an old man. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but then he enters the contest and he splits the other guy's arrow and wins right. and everything. And the sheriff thinks he's got him. Mm -hmm. And then a chase ensues and then a battle and things. And all the while, there's this woman, Maid Marion, who's either a relative of the sheriff or just a noble woman who falls in love with Robin at the same time. But then the sheriff kind of likes her too. So then there's the whole uh -oh. idea. There's a love triangle yeah, introduced. Yeah, that makes it even more complicated. Right. So there's all these <laughs> classic Robin Hood tropes that like make up a Robin Hood movie. And I think the whole point is that they were all created at different times. Like all parts of the trope were all added in. Uh, what I wanted to get to with the, with the Morgan Freeman comment and that he was a Moor who was on Robin's team 
Well, that wasn't an idea until the 1980s. Oh, okay. So the 1980s TV show Robin of Sherwood added a Moorish character. And the tale just continues to grow. Right. The thing is, though, when they originally worked on the movie, the guys that worked on the script just thought the Moorish character was part of the legend. Mm -hmm. So they introduced that character with the same name in the original script. And then the guys that were working on the TV show, like, you can't. You can't use the same name or whatever. Like, yeah. this is our original creation added to the legend of Robin Hood. So then they changed it, and then they made fun of it in with Dave oh, Chappelle's man. character. So now you have the more... And now, in the new movie, it's Jamie Foxx playing Robin Hood's mentor. Like, he almost takes the Little John-type character. He almost be- he is the oh, Little John-type okay. character as this Moorish commander. So now... Since his introduction in the 1980s, this is the fourth movie or whatever that we have this new character coming in. This new character that has nothing to do with the original <laughs> legends at all. Yeah. Even the Crusades have nothing to do huh. with the original legends at all. Uh-uh. So that's what makes it really interesting. And I've always been in love with the Robin Hood legend. Like this is some, I mean, I love English stuff. And so when I went to the UK, of course, I had to go on like a Robin Hood pilgrimage. Oh, that's cool. And so we got a bunch of pictures of me. If you go to the, the show notes, othersidepodcast.com slash 223. Uh, I've got some stuff where I visited Nottinghamshire. That's fun. Did you? Sherwood Forest. Okay. Did you pick up any fun souvenirs from there? No. You know, I think when I went through my journal of what the stuff we were doing, is like we, we really enjoyed uh, like hiking through the forest and seeing all cool. the stuff. But then... I think the most notable thing that happened was that the karaoke in the bar <laughs> next to the hotel was so loud. Oh, awesome. Was so loud that we thought it was a live band. <laughs> and it was just karaoke. We were like, wow, that band. Oof, this, yeah. they got to work on that singer. <laughs> but one of the fun <laughs> things about Nottingham that it does have, though, is this bar called Ye Old Trip to Jerusalem. Mm. And it's supposed to be the oldest bar in England. Cool. So that it started being a bar in like 1193. Wow. Now, is that true? Well, we don't, you know. Makes you wonder, how, how worn down is that bar from all those mugs? <laughs> all those drinks, all that ale spill. Yeah, exactly. All the wasted mead drinkers. Right. But a, a couple more misconceptions I've always had about Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that, you know, we were talking about, so yield trip to Jerusalem was the idea that people would go to the bar on the way to the Crusades. Uh, like, this is like the last bar they the go to. The final beer. Before they go to Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> the, final, the final ale before I got to go to the uh, Crusade. Before I get killed. But some of the misconceptions I also had that I didn't realize were just completely introduced like later on uh, was that Robin Hood was also about the battle between the Anglo-Saxons and the Normans. Okay, so going back really quick, 1066, we have the Battle of Hastings. Mm-hmm. Now, Normandy is a part on the um, western side of France, the invasion of Normandy. We invaded Normandy. Yeah, it's the beachhead, the World War II, yep. right? Coastal, west coast of France, and the Normans came over and they conquered England in 1066. That was the Battle of Hastings, the Bayou Tapestry, with everything you can see Haley's Comet they've got on the Bayou Tapestry. <laughs> and so, the next couple of centuries, you had uh, William the Conqueror's noblemen who were Normans, who were hard on the Saxons who were living in England, and they were living now under Norman rule. Okay. And so that's a central conflict in the book Ivanhoe, where Robin Hood's a character. I see. So that's kind of where that comes from. Okay. What I think is really interesting, too, is number one, I mean, the Saxons, Anglo Saxons, they weren't the first settlers of the British Isles. They were the Celts. Ah. So the Celt, the pagan stuff. Mm -hmm, Right. And then you have the Saxons, and then the Normans come and take them over. Okay. And I always thought the Normans were just French. But here's what, something I Man, learned just no, yesterday. Monsieur. And this thing really blew my mind. 
The Normans weren't French. They were Scandinavian. Oh. What happened was when the Vikings would come down from Scandinavia and they would raid Western Europe, some of the Europeans were like, you know what? We'll just give you this land if you don't mess with us anymore. And so like in the 9th century or the early 10th century, the French just gave the Vikings this Normandy and said, please don't kill us anymore. Like, please, Hammond, don't hurt them. (laughs) And so they did that. And then the Vikings eventually became French. Like they learned French, they customs and everything like that. So the Normans were conquerors, like that was in their blood. And the English were so easily defeated this, this in the Battle of Hastings because they had just come off of fighting off a battle mm. with the other Vikings. Okay. And then they come over and here come the French Vikings come over to kick their butt. <laughs> and so I'd never known that before. So oh. I thought, oh my, it's like, all right, well, this is why the Normans were so tough. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. must have been pretty scary too because... For them to give up that coastal property there. I mean, right. that's expensive stuff. That's right. That was like Normandy used to be really nice, man. Prime like, realty. So I thought that was, that was always a misconception I had because I mm. thought it always tied into that. Like the Norman overlords, mm-hmm. you know, these interlopers, the occupation were cruel to the Saxon peasants. Mm. So Robin Hood was one of those who was defending their honor. Got it. Okay. Another misconception that has in all the movies now is that Robin's a nobleman, that Robin Hood is a, like his father was an earl or something like that, and he's disinherited. And so that's one of the reasons he's fighting his old rich boy network uh, or okay. whatever. But in the original stories, he's never a nobleman. Hmm. He's what's called a yeoman, okay. which just means you're not a peasant and you can own land, but you're also not a member of the aristocracy. Okay. So yeoman's just, a yeoman's like a guy with a job. Like a peasant, you're stuck to the land. So mm-hmm. peasants... Farm. Yeah. I mean, you, all you do is farm. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I read that in an entire lifetime of medieval peasant, they never went more than a mile away. Wow. Can you imagine that? Right, that was it their you, entire... You go 10 times that far just on your run. <laughs> right, that's exactly right. <laughs> your daily run. What also was good to know was that, I think I learned this in the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And he was talking about uh, the difference between farming in Asia and farming in Europe, okay. medieval farming. And that medieval farmers in Europe, when they had nothing to do during the winter, they'd sleep like 12 hours a day. You know, you would basically hibernate during the winter because you could, if you were, especially in Northern Europe, it stays lighted like 10, 30, Mm, 11. Sure, okay. And so you'd work all summer. And if you were a peasant, you would just hibernate. Sleep all winter. Yeah. And that's why you could have 12 days of Christmas, like a party that goes on for 12 days. Yeah. Because... You didn't have anything else. Didn't to have do. to get up for work the next day. Yeah, you can I'm, party all you want. Right. You were probably taking care. Once you take care of the animals, you go back to bed. Yeah. And that's what they did. So that was an interesting thing to learn. And obviously, I could talk about Robin Hood all day. And we will talk a little bit more when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the ghost hunters and oh talk boy. about some haunted Robin Hood stuff. But before we get there, when I was doing the research on this, I found a book that just came out. And it's it says. Why everything you know about Robin Hood is wrong? Oh, what just came out? The everything, author, yeah, everything you know. <sighs> the book is by Karen Murassi, and she was nice enough to take a few minutes to talk about her book with us. And so, let's go and find out why everything you know about Robin Hood is wrong. Coming to us live from Scotland is the author of Why Everything You Know About Robin Hood is Wrong. And we'd love to welcome the author, Karen Murderasi, to the podcast. See you on the other side. How you doing today, Karen? I'm good. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. And I've been going through your book, 
why everything you know about Robin Hood is wrong. And I wish I had read this 10 years ago because the summer, <laughs> summer of 2008, I took like a pilgrimage to all these different spots in the British Isles. And one of the yeah. places I went to, because a huge Robin Hood fan, I had to go to Nottingham and I had mm-hmm. to, to go to Sherwood Forest and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And when you find out Robin Hood might not even <laughs> be from Nottingham, it broke my heart. What interested you in this mythical legendary hero? What interested you about it? And why did you care so much you wanted to write a book? It was it was just by chance, really. I was asked to write an essay, just a short essay, about possible candidates for who was the real Robin Hood. And I didn't know anything about the historical Robin Hood at that point. And then when I looked into it, the, me- the medieval historians that I was writing, they knew all these things about Robin Hood that were completely different from the popular idea. And it's not even controversial. This stuff is known. You know, if you go into a library and you go into the medieval history section, it's there. And then I just talked everyone's ear off about this. I said, Did you know, you know, Maid Marian was French and she never met Robin Hood and all this. And... I said to my family, I said, look, someone should write a book about this. I should write a book about this called Everything You Know About Robin Hood is Wrong. And my sister said, uh, call it Why you, Everything You Know About Robin Hood is Wrong, because that sounds like really aggressive. <laughs> so I went and did it. <laughs> and you did. And I've been pouring through the book since I first learned about it, because it was perfect. It's released this month, and mm-hmm. you guys will be able to find a link directly to Karen's book, othersidepodcast.com slash 224. We're going to have a, a link there where you can, you can see Karen's book and you can pick up your copy. But while I was going through it, number one, what I love about it is the fact that you don't kind of sugarcoat it or anything. You're like, oh, okay, you've been, you know, it's like you've been living in a fairy tale, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, who are a couple of the maybe real life Robin Hoods when you were looking into it? Is there any that you thought might have a better claim to the, the title than others? Yeah, I mean, some of them are really unconvincing. Um, I mean, Eustace the monk, he's he's so interesting. I mean, he's really, really interesting. He, he was a monk um, and then he was a pirate. And in between, he lived in the forest uh, with a bunch of, like, as an outlaw. But it was, like, for a year, you know? So it's it's not really good. He lived in the forest for a year in France. And people are like, oh, that's like Robin Hood. It's, mm, it's not really. Right. That's not even um, close to Yorkshire or close to <laughs> it's really Nottingham. Not. It's, it's in, it's, he's the French Robin Hood, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, I mean, the closest he came to England was, like, trying to invade it sort of thing in a boat. So <laughs> Fair enough. No, he does. Other ones that were, like, much more convincing, the most convincing is uh, Roger Godbird, who, he was around at the same sort of time. Um, the name's similar, that's not really important. Uh, um, he fell out of favour with the government after a sort of civil uprising. Um, he lived, yeah, he, he was, he knew the Sheriff of Nottingham. They were, like, friends uh, when they were younger, and they used to be on the castle garrison together. So a lot of that kind of fits, but then there's other things that don't, as I go through in the book, is possibly, like, his story has got added in to Robin Hood, but you can't say he was the Robin Hood because he's sort of the wrong social class, and, yeah, he's he's friends with the Sheriff of Nottingham rather than being arch enemies. Right, that, that Robin Hood, yeah. like, in the movies, like, he murders, he doesn't murder, but he kills yeah. the Sheriff of Nottingham at the end. Uh, you know, what, yeah. spoiler alert, if you haven't seen a Robin Hood movie ever. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, there may have been a few different people who could have been uh, the historical Robin Hood. But as far mm-hmm. as the idea that there was one single Robin Hood or one guy that we, you know, we think that this is all based on is completely non-factual. And so when you, when you talk to people about their misconceptions about this hero, what do you think is the first misconception that you have to kind of you know, cast aside? You're like, don't even bother. Well, the one that people are most fond of and that they, they hate me. <laughs> 
dispelling is that he robbed from the rich to give to the poor. Because that's like what Robin Hood means. Right. You know, if something's a Robin, someone's a Robin Hood, like they rob from the rich to give to the poor. I mean, he just didn't. He robbed from the rich and the medium income and the poor. And he just kept it. Right. <laughs> that's what so- robbers do. You know, that's, he was basically a highwayman. But like you said, like maybe it's one person, maybe it's a few people whose legends have got stuck together. But whoever this person or people were, they were just robbers. And could you explain what a highwayman is? Because I know that over in the UK, there's a long tradition of highwaymen, mm. but we didn't kind of have that here. So can you kind of quick yeah. explanation of that for our audience? Uh-huh. It's a specific kind of robbery where you basically lie in wait on um, important roads, roads that rich people or um or money would be traveling on, because obviously in the old days you couldn't transfer it electronically. You had to physically move actual money from one place to another. So if you knew that was happening or where it was likely to happen, you would find a good spot on um, the road where you could wait, ambush them, usually on horseback, stop the coach, overpower them, take the money, get away really quickly. So yeah, we have this long history of highwaymen. It's it's sort of a, a part of our culture, the romantic highwaymen as well, although we don't think of Robin Hood that way possibly because we tend to think of them as being on on horseback. But I've been to the place where, as far as we know, Robin Hood operated. And, you know, once I saw it, I absolutely understood why that was the place. Because what you have is you have this really deep village, like it's a really steep valley. Um, So coming up the hill, you have to go really slowly. So if you're like a horse carrying tons of money, really, really slowly. And then at the top, there's this wooded section where you can see literally a mile away what is coming, but you're completely concealed. So a highwayman, in this case Robin Hood, would just have seen the thing coming, got completely prepared, got his archers ready. And as they came up at a snail's pace with nowhere to go, um, he could surround them and take whatever they had that was worth taking. Now, what what part of England is that part where Robin Hood probably operated? Well, it's an area called Barnsdale. And specifically, um, the bit I'm talking about now is Wentbridge, which is the village with the really steep um, hill down to the river on both sides. It's the bridge over the Went. It's Wentbridge. And the Sales, which is also mentioned, Wentbridge is mentioned, and the Sales is the wooded area above Wentbridge where you can look for your people coming so you can um, steal from them. And these are mentioned like in the early ballads. And these are in Yorkshire, near Pontefract. They're not in Nottinghamshire. Right. People don't and, like that either. <laughs> no, of course not, because we're all used to this idea of Sherwood Forest. And you talk about the major oak in the book. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it is now also in the show notes, we'll have pictures of me like hanging out in front of the major oak. And, <laughs> taking, and, and I've got horrible sideburns. It was 2008, just to remember, and we took the pictures. But the thing, you see that, and it, it does, like I remember in the stories, you'd read about Robin Hood hanging out, like his merry men, like they, in a base of a tree. Right. Like they, they operate, that was their hidey hole. That was where they, in the base of this tree and you see the major Oak and it's this massive tree and it's supported by boards and everything like that. Um, because it's so big, it's, you know, too big. It's going to fall over. But the thing is how many dudes you think you can sneak in that tree? I know. Like if you even stop to think about it for two minutes, it's obviously you can't live in the bowl of a tree. It's, you know, you couldn't even fit a bed in there. Well, the tree is really big, but the opening is is not that big. And you have to remember, if this was hundreds of years ago... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was one of your best points uh, in there, in that, because you think the major oak, yeah, it's massive. It's massive in 2018. <laughs> How yeah. big could it have been in the 13th century? <laughs> yeah, it was right? not that big. <laughs> it wasn't that big. So the funny thing is we have this idea, when you think about you know King John and King Richard the Lionhearted, mm-hmm. now we're talking about 
the end of the 12, I mean, the end of the 1100s, right? Yeah. 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 So the major oak would have been maybe the medium oak at that point, but it wasn't even that big. So it's funny that, you know, we have these romantic ideas and uh, these, are, these aren't even based on the original ballads. They're based on mm-hmm. the Hollywood versions of Robin Hood. Yeah. So when does he become a nobleman? Like, when does that change from Robin Hood just being like a regular guy into being a nobleman who is like cast aside and has to re-earn his place in the aristocracy? Well, it all happens um, bit by bit. So the sort of nobility of character comes first about him uh, giving to the poor, being nice, being honorable. And that is the first thing to get added on in about the 14th century, because Robin had probably lived sort of end of the 13th century around then. He wasn't really around at the time of King John. That was a bit early. So in the following century, you start to get these tales like you do about lots of outlaws like Jesse James and... Dillinger and even the craze. I mean, they were nasty pieces of work and they've still got, you know, a film about them. So people like their heroes, their criminals to be heroes. So you kind of add this stuff on that. Oh, maybe he didn't rob from the poor. Maybe he, you know, was nice to his men. And then the May games, this is this, the subtitle of my book is featuring a pirate monk, a French maid and a surprising number of Morris dancers. Because really (laughs) there are Morris dancers in there all these May games where they have all these plays and the characters kind of get mashed up like they do in the Marvel universe. So that's where you get kind of, yeah, that's where Maid Marion comes Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect point. Okay. So, you know, we don't, in the U S we don't quite have that tradition of May day. We've talked about it in the podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. We talked about Valpurgis knocked and the different kind of pagan things that they yeah. have. But so, uh, I mean, what was the kind of the May festival? Well, it was, the, it was essentially a sort of, cleaned up fertility ritual it comes from pagan times um girls young girls maidens uh, dance around the maypole adorning it with ribbons which is you know not very subtle imagery right and it's yeah it's a fertility ritual and there was this um some places had an idea where they would send the girls off into the forest with the boys and quite often the girls came out pregnant and then the the boy would get the surname robinson when he was born because it was associated with Robin Hood. Oh, idea. So Robin Hood, yeah. that that, uh, that squirrely bastard. The comes back pregnant. Yeah, Robinson. So, the, yeah, it was it was kind of the church sponsored it, um, and it was all good fun, but it was definitely a pagan leftover. Right. And Well, that, what do they say that yeah. even in uh, even in Stairway to Heaven, right? Robert Plant says it's just a sprinkling for the May Queen. Mm. Yeah. So they even, you know, they try to connect. Obviously, Led Zeppelin was taking all kinds of different influences. But (laughs) so you have this this May Day festival and everybody, dancers that dance around the Maypole. And it's all all very Wicker Man. Yeah. And then they have plays as well and characters in the plays. So you have plays of Robin Hood. You have plays of Maid Marian, completely separate person. Um, But they kind of got mashed together over time. And this is often where you, we think this might be where you get the idea of him stealing from the rich to give to the poor, because obviously because he was a robber, they got him to collect the um, contributions that people would make, which would go to the church, because it was a church festival, even though it was a pagan sure. remainder. So Robin Hood would collect the money that the church would then distribute to the poor, because that was the function, one of the functions of the church. So in a way, this Robin Hood, who is now fictionalized, is robbing from the medium income, really, to give to the poor. So that might be where that comes from. It's, oh, it's I love that idea, like an, an alms for the poor thing. It, it passes around yeah, the collection plate the- like we used to do at church every Sunday or whatever. Exactly like that. Yeah. And, and that money's supposed to go to like the local St. Vincent de Paul or something, but it's, it's, uh-huh. 
<laughs> right? Oh, that's great. And yeah, so that's kind of his only connection with it. And as I say, it's not really him. You know, it's him being a character in a play 100 years later, 200 years later. So that's where you get that from. What were the Maid Marian plays? So you have the Robin Hood plays, which is the, you know, the the adventurer, the outlaw, the Han Solo, you know, kind of guy yeah. in, the, in the, the... And usually he's like, he's accepting someone into his um, gang. Like, it's like, oh, I must fight you one-on-one. Oh, you have bested me so you can join my gang. That's that's usually the form that it takes, right? And so that, that Will Scarlet, Alan Adele, Little John, yes. all those guys had to beat them up before they got in the gang. Yeah, which that's is basically basically Robin Hood does Merry Men, where pr- they should be a prison gang. But <laughs> uh, okay, so what were the Maid Marian plays? Yeah, like, so Mary, these were French plays called the Pastorelles, and they're set in the countryside. Marion is a shepherdess. Um, she has a friend called Robin. Sometimes he's her boyfriend, sometimes he isn't, but it's a different Robin. It's just a coincidence, the name. He's a shepherd as well. Um, And there's a knight involved who is called Guy, which might be where we get Guy of Gisborne from. Oh, sure. But anyway, yeah, so Guy um, pursues Marion, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. These were in the days when, like, rape jokes were considered very, very funny, hundreds (laughs) of years ago. Yeah. Um, Robin tries to protect her honour. This is basically, and then at the end, everyone has a sort of party and gets drunk and that's the end of the play what i like about that before is when you talked about the mashup of the marvel universe the idea that um maid marion entered the robin hood plays like it was the uh like spider-man showing up in an x-men comic yeah yeah just like that and so maid marion then becomes a part of the story over time Mm -hmm. so these original ballads and songs and stuff that they came from uh you know robin hood never stole from the rich and gave to the poor he never hung out with maid marion um, no. How many times is Sherwood Forest even mentioned in some of those original? In the earliest ones, it's mentioned once. Okay, so in the earliest yep. place, like this idea of where he comes from is only mentioned once. And is is King Richard ever mentioned in any of those early ones? No, King Edward is. <laughs> no, King oh. Richard. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's not even that same king that we're you know that we're accustomed to this idea. Um, no. he, he comes in the end and and like saves everybody and and he pardons Robin Hood and, and everything and usually is like he marries Maid Marian and Robin Hood at the end yeah. of all these. So it's it's funny you're talking about these uh, plays at these these May festivals because a lot of them, even our our modern interpretations, our modern movie versions of Robin Hood, kind of follow that that same idea. Like you said. Uh, Guy yeah. Gisborne gets beaten. Robin protects the hour. Everybody has a party and gets drunk, like at the weddings at the end of the Robin Hood yeah. movies. Yeah. So we we haven't even changed from those festivals uh, that have happened. So a couple more questions for you. When you were working on uh, the research for it, and I like how you said that you'd even been to Sherwood Forest on like a school trip when you were a kid and everything, and mm-hmm. and had an interest in it and. What was the one or two things that you thought was the most surprising that when you were working on the book, uh, like that was when you, next time you were out with your friends, you're like, you probably became the annoying, I'm talking about Robin Hood person all the time for a while. <laughs> right. But then yeah. what was, you know, what were a couple of the things that you were so excited to talk to your friends? You're like, I got to tell you this thing about Robin Hood. Yeah. Well, the Maid Marion thing was one of them. Um, the fact that he was not named after his hood. Is another one because yeah, it's another one of those. If you even think about it for two minutes, obviously he wasn't named because he had a hood. Everyone had a hood. It was the Middle Ages, oh, right? Yeah, so you just kind of feel a bit stupid for even thinking that. But the the name thing. Oh, see, this is probably too complicated to go into here. It takes a bit of uh, following through. But the fact that his name probably wasn't Robin Hood, and okay. we know this because Robin Hood was a typical name for a robber, and it seems to have been around since before the time of Robin Hood, and it's kind of a pun. Like Robert's men, Robin's men are robbers. It's, it's like a joke. Oh, sure. And 
Yeah, so whatever his name was, it almost certainly wasn't Robin Hood, because Robin Hood's like Burglar Bill. <laughs> right, if you imagine seeing the latest movie about Burglar Bill. Yeah, although one of the cool things is that Will Scarlet, so his name is William, Bill, and his last name is probably a corruption of Scathlock, which means lock smasher. So his name is like almost literally Burglar Bill. <laughs> That's great. But I would say Will Locksmasher is a way cooler name than Scarlet. Even that, it's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. the superhero. Here comes the Locksmasher. So that and have you found any pushback from anybody? So that you, the books just came out as people are reading it and you're getting reviews and things like that. Have you started to get any kind of challenges like, oh, Karen, this murder assy lady doesn't know what she's talking about? <laughs> um, not factually, um, because usually people, they're quite sad to have their illusions smashed, but it's not like they knew about this and can, you know, argue back. But I have found um, the Worldwide Robin Hood Society gave me a review and they were kind enough to do that. But they did make the point in their review, which was a fair point, that while I might be right about the historical stuff and it's an interesting book, Robin Hood is more than just a historical character. He's a legend. He's a symbol. People are still going to want to come to Nottingham to see the places that are associated with the legend and the fiction. Because he's not, you know, you can reduce the legend to its bare bones, but that's not really what's interesting. What's interesting is all the stuff that's been added. Sure. So as, as a cultural phenomenon, uh, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if Robin Hood is real or not. Yeah. But when we're trying to look into the historicity of where things yeah. come from, you know, it's important to know that the people in the 13th century, when the Robin Hood legends were being created and initially started, they had a completely different mindset about things. And you talk about stole from the rich and gave to the poor. We have a completely different idea about stealing from the rich and giving to the poor post-Karl Marx, uh, <laughs> you know, than they did pre-Karl Marx. So, mm-hmm. you know, every generation has its own Robin Hood, it seems. Yeah. And now we're getting a new one with the new movie. And if you yeah. guys want to go in there and learn something, it's a quick read and it gets to the facts and it's really, really in-depth research. You're going to want to check out Why Everything You Know About Robin Hood is Wrong by Karen Murderassi. And Karen, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Well, now that we know that the chances of Robin Hood being a real person are pretty slim... Yeah, you know, I recently watched the, there's an episode of Expedition Unknown yeah. with Josh Gates where he goes and explores a couple of the possibilities of where the actual person Robin Hood might have been buried. And he kind of yeah. does the myth busting thing and, uh, well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it didn't leave me with a confident feeling that Robin was a real person. <laughs> but there were some exciting, you know, findings in it. It's uh, season two, episode five, if anybody wants to check that out. But yeah, it was kind of like, oh. Well, but this idea that this this character, this mythical character is created, um, mm-hmm. I mean, they start singing a song about, like Karen said, Robin Hood is just a name for a burglar, like in the oh, early you know, 13th century, yeah. wearing the hood, mm-hmm. Robin, Rob, actually robbing people. Oh. Robin. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Oh. So, like, so then becomes it's so like... so obvious. It's right. right there. And then they add all these things to the stories mm-hmm. over, the, over the centuries until we get this amalgamation. So this newest Robin Hood movie yeah. is just an amalgamation of, you know, centuries of storytelling that comes before it. The character has morphed and morphed and morphed over the years. Into, until every generation has yeah. its own Robin Hood. It's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. But that's the problem is where if you think <laughs> that there is some kind of real Robin Hood, because if there's a real Robin Hood... Does that mean there could be a ghost of Robin Hood? Mm. Okay. Well, you know who thought there could be is the Ghost Hunters thought they could be. In Ghost Hunters International, season two, episode 14, the spirit 
<laughs> of Robin Hood. They did go, they went to the Galleries of Justice in Nottingham. And it was led by Rob Demarest, who yeah. we met at Haunted America. Yeah. I wasn't sure this year, I think it was last no, it year was we met. Last him. year, and his table was right across from ours. Yeah. And Rob was a pretty nice guy, but. We were all drinking at the bar on Friday night. Like he got into some dispute with somebody else (laughs) and I thought it was going to come to blows because he's a bigger than life kind of character. He he works out. (laughs) And I think, and I'm not going to say who he was going to punch or whatever, but I think it's somebody we know who's been on the podcast. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to punch this guy. You thought you were going to witness a paranormal brawl. (laughs) A paranormal, you you entered the paranormal beatdown. And that's, I totally thought it was going to happen. And so I stood up and I made like a stupid joke or whatever, or like I gassed or something like that, just like to deflate the tension. And they were like, who's this guy? And it worked. It totally worked. <laughs> like this drunken jerk. Like I was the drunken jerk. I was like, hey guys, what's going on? You were the jester. I was the you jester. stepped in and made everybody laugh and diffused it nicely done. That nobody for... got the beat down. Yeah. And there was, there was not a... a... <laughs> <laughs> the mayhem didn't break out at the yeah. Alton uh, it, right at the, karaoke. At the, the Alton Comfort Inn drinkathon after the Haunted America. It was just funny because it's like, mm. oh my god, I, I think I saved somebody's life tonight. But um, no, they go to uh, okay. to the halls of justice in in Nottingham, which is the old prison. So it's uh, where the sheriff in Nottingham would have worked. And if Robin Hood ever went to you know was put in the stocks or whatever, yeah. like that's where it would have done some time. And I would like to say that they got. Uh, some really good stuff, but they got a couple of EMF spikes mm. and some audible noises. And the EVPs, there's like EVP that said, keep out. And another EVP that I don't buy it. You can't hear my eyes rolling. <laughs> yeah, right. But the thing is also is, is that the people, you know, when they present the EVPs to the yeah. the clients oh, or whatever gosh, yeah. at the end of the episode, the galleries of justice, I'm sorry, that's what it's called, yeah. not the halls of justice. Superman I'm like, this there. sounds awesome. Um but, you know, the, the, the clients kept on being like, yeah, I just can't believe it. They're talking in an English accent. <laughs> so was the idea was if they were talking in an English accent, then it couldn't have been any of the ghost hunters who were the ones who were making the noises oh on the gosh. EVP. It had to be. Like none of the ghost, like the ghost hunters are hanging out in Nottingham and nobody's saying like, hello, get out. Oh, man. You blokes. Well, I mean, getting back to it, you know, a place like that, if it was actually a prison or whatever. Right. It's not I would, Robin Hood. Well, right. There could be plenty of other people. Spirits that have things to say. Right, absolutely. So you know, there's that. And then there's a place called the Robin Hood Legacy in Nottingham. Mm. And I didn't I didn't get to go to it. I, I don't know if it was open. Oh, like a museum? When I was there. It's museum. Cool. And because they have Nottingham's a whole bunch. They have a Robin Hood Festival. Yeah. Like Sherwood Forest has some stuff on Robin Hood. That In Sherwood Forest, they even talk about how Robin Hood could be a manifestation of the green man. Cool. So the green man is that if you ever see like a, a medieval church that has sculpture and stuff outside of it, you'll often see a man's face surrounded by leaves. And that's the green man. And it's, it's, it's like this pagan deity that sneaks into all these Christian churches in the, like, the decoration. It's the, the old version of photobombing. <laughs> it is the green it's man like, photobombing. I'm going to be in this statue too. And so the, we talked a little bit about the green man in our episode about the autumnal equinox. Yes. M- Mabon. We wrote a song about Mabon. Maybone. I think we called. We decided to call him Maybone. But uh, so the idea is that Robin Hood is a continuation of this. They already had this personification of the yeah. forest, yeah. and now you have this outlaw character who lives in the forest. Who you know can his all his merry men fit in a tree? They can hide and, and camouflage themselves within there really easily. Right. Kind of gets me thinking a little bit about the concept of tulpas. Mm. 
And with so many decades and centuries of people hearing stories about this guy that lived in the woods and, you know, his legendary status being within that specific area, if everyone's going there expecting it, is there something that some kind of... Right. You know, topple that might have been created from us, from humans. That's right. And I think about that too. When we're, we had a whole episode about Santa Claus. Yeah. Where this idea of, I mean, you've got millions and millions of people believing in Santa Claus. Does that make Santa Claus real? I mean, the Slender Man, people are seeing the Slender Man now. Could all of us talking about something, believing in something? Now, if we can do that with Robin Hood, if we do it with Santa Claus, could we also do that with Freddy Krueger or whatever? I hope (laughs) not. And that's what the whole idea of New Nightmare by Wes Craven, that's about that idea that people love horror icons so much, they were pulling them into reality. So you can go on an overnight ghost hunt Fun. at the Robin Hood experience. And I don't know what people have caught in there, anything particularly good, but, you know, that, of course, the paper, the Nottingham Post puts a thing like, fancy to meet the ghost of Robin Hood. You oh, fancy can, meeting you here. You can, might be able to do it at the Robin Hood experience on Friar Lane <laughs> in the heart of the city center. Okay. And so it's just one of those classic British, like, fun museums kind of thing. That's cool. Historical museums. But then you can go on an overnight ghost hunt. And the thing is, most of the buildings in Nottingham are super old. Yeah. Like I said, that bar was a thousand oh, years man. old. That would be so cool to see. Yeah. That you, it, you're going to pick up something. Are you going to pick up Robin Hood? Probably not. But could you pick up something? Now, Wendy, I just sent you. Somebody did think that they saw the ghost of Robin Hood. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Did, this, they, did they fingerprint it? <laughs> this is this is from the Express in the UK. January 2017, UFO expert releases seriously spooky images. Okay. Okay. And looking at the picture right now, it says, well, you can definitely see a caped figure wearing a hat and wielding a sword. And that's the thing. The original Robin Hood legends, he's not an archer. He just uses a sword all the time. Right. The archery thing didn't come until later. But his name is John Mooner, and he classifies himself as a UFO expert. Okay. So obviously I trust him. And he's like, nobody was smoking at the time, and there was no smoke in the photograph. But it is this smoky, you know, yeah. it's in it's in Cockington and Devon, which is four hours away from Nottingham and like the M1. Not, I mean, I'm not even know if it's an M1. I just picked a British street at random. I'm sorry. Four hours away with the British and your, and your toll roads. Uh, on your highways but this guy said it, it just looks like smoke but he's, it totally looks like smoke yeah right because oh you can see a cape a hat and a sword what do you think i mean it's kind of cool yeah i do see the shape i see what you know i, I could see where the imagination could <laughs> but is that the ghost of robin hood john mooner well stick to ufos because i say not likely and there's one more place that's supposedly haunted about robin hood and that's in kirkley's now, there's, there's a certain cemetery in, the, in this place called Kirkley's. In one of the Robin Hood stories, the death of Robin Hood, he gets poisoned by his cousin, who's a prioress at an abbey, and they said the abbey of Kirkley's. That's right. So he's like wounded in a fight, and then he goes to her to be healed, and she ends up poisoning him, and she kills him and hands him, you know, oh. hands the body over. So she's a traitor to him. Yeah, there's another version of it where she is using bloodletting to heal him. Oh, it bleeds him out. Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. But so there's somebody in the 18th century like put up a gravestone of Robin Hood mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So they put it, even though they have no idea who's in that grave or whatever. Yeah. So in the end of this is the 18th century. Okay. And they said like, this is Robin Hood, whatever died in 1247. Oh, that was that was in the expedition on Okay. They went there. And 
And the idea is that this is the gravesite of Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, some people really believe it's the gravesite of Robin Hood. And the, the thing is, it's not just haunted by him. The idea is that it's haunted by the woman who murdered him. Oh. So people feel a strange, like, evil female presence over the grave of Robin Hood. Okay. And, That's interesting. Yeah, and there's people that try to, like, exercise it and things like that. Put the spirit of Robin Hood at rest. Uh, and, you know, who knows? Some people said they've seen a full-body apparition of a female specter there. That's cool. So that is pretty neat. That is pretty neat. But like various psychics over the years have tried to exercise the prioress from the grave of Robin Hood, yeah. even though now we know there probably isn't a real Robin Hood, and whoever's buried in that grave isn't Robin Hood. But could there be an evil female specter there? <laughs> you betcha. Entirely possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a really old property. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of real old, we should talk about the song this week. Ooh. All right. Yes. Now, here's something I thought was interesting, too, and this is why we picked... Uh, one of these songs to do is that in the mid 19th century, you got to name Francis Child, and so Francis Child was an American like historian and archivist, and what he wanted to do was he wanted to archive and catalog all the old ballads of England and Scotland, mm -hmm. and so he wow. collected like 300. They called them the Child Ballads because <laughs> he he'd collect all these old ones and put them together in a collection. Because the thing is, in the 17th and 18th centuries, after the printing press was invented, mm -hmm. like before there were a lot of newspapers, what they would do is they'd print something called a broadside. Okay. So a broadside would be like one big sheet of news, and you'd have a ballad in there. And it would be like some poetry sung to the tune of, and it would give you a familiar tune. There was okay. never any music in sure. this. There was just sung to the tune of. And so what happened is that would be your music for the bar or something like that because it would have little bits of news or a legendary story um. and with Karen we talked about highwaymen a little bit mm -hmm. and people have this romantic notion of the highwayman because government's been corrupt as mm -hmm. you know and the idea that these robbers were taking from the people that were you know taking from the from the peasants and the good like so like Jesse James or like Bonnie and mm -hmm. Clyde they become folk heroes. These, yeah. you know, these criminals become folk heroes. Right. It justifies their bad deeds because they're doing, doing it good. for a good cause. Right. And so, uh, when highwaymen be tried and like executed, sometimes they'd have a ballad about the highwaymen, like the day where they were executed, so people could know oh, their deeds. Yeah. And then you'd be able to go to the bar, and somebody who could play, you know, could play an instrument, mm -hmm. could play the tune, could play the song, and then everybody could sing along to like some kind of chorus. Fun. And get a little bit of news while they were drinking your ale or meat or whatever. <laughs> and these broadside ballads are what Francis Child collected. And that's where we get a lot of the Robin Hood legends come from these cool. uh, 17th and 18th century broadsides that were um, adaptations of stuff that came beforehand. Just like, just like much of Shakespeare mm -hmm. is an adaptation of plays that he didn't originally create the story, right. but he adapted. A lot of these were adaptations of legends that came before so in some of these ballads, they, they tell a story of an exploit of Robin Hood. So like in this particular song we're singing today, Robin Hood pretends he's a butcher to go to a fair and all the other butchers get suspicious of him because he undersells them all. Like he goes in, he pretends he's a butcher and then goes and undersells them all. And they're like, oh, okay, you're going to do that. We're going to report you to the sheriff. Uh -oh. So they think they're trying to set him up. Okay. And so they take him to the sheriff and the sheriff nodding him like, He's like, hey, you know, how are you able to sell it so cheap? And Robin Hood, playing the butcher character, is like, well, uh, tell you what, I, I came into a bunch of money, and so I, you know, I can sell my stuff cheap. I got all this land, I got everything. And the sheriff's like, all right, take me out there, because the sheriff wants to go out there and either rob him or find a way to tax him, get something out of him. Mm -hmm. And so when Robin draws the sheriff out, he robs him, oh, takes man. his money, 
and then uh, you know says my and the, my favorite part at the very end of the song he's like he says like uh, give my regards to your wife as he nice. <laughs> like my it's just that's the, the big middle that's finger the, as that's he... the finishing touch oh, tell your man. wife I said hi and so here <laughs> is our version of Robin Hood and the Butcher. And listen a while with the head down, down, and a down that are in the powers within. For Robin Hood, that arch are good, a song I intend for to sing. Upon a time, it chance it so with a head down, down, and a down, but Robin in forest in spite. A jolly butcher with a body fine mare with his flesh to the market did hide. A jolly Robin with a head down, down and a down. What food has tell unto me? And thy chain me to tell, and where thou dost dwell, for I like well thy company. The butcher he answered, Jolly Robin with a head down, down and a down. No matter where I dwell, for a butcher I am, and to Nottingham I am going my flesh to sell. Sheriff and Robin did ride with a head down, down and a down to the 
promised the Mary Sherwood. Then the sheriff did say, God bless us this day from a man they call Robin Hood. And then Robin, he set his horn to his mouth with a hey down, 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 and blue but blast street. Then quickly anon there came little John and all his company. What is your will? Then said little John with a hey down, 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 down. Good master, come tell it to me. I have brought hither the sheriff of Nottingham this day to dine with thee. Then Robin, he brought him through the wood with a hey down, 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 down. Set him on his dapple gray. Well, have me commended to your wife at home. So Robin went laughing away. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at OthersidePodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Good news. Good news. I love good news. Yeah, we're going to be on a panel at Wizard World Madison. That's right. And that's coming up really soon. That's right. So we're going to be on a panel and that's going to be Saturday December 1st at Wizard World Madison. And we're going to be a panel. It's me, me, Wendy, Allison from Milwaukee Ghosts, Scott from WhatYourGhostStory.com, and we got a whole pretty cool presentation on evil. Evil. In the real world and pop culture. Who better to talk about evil than us? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So if you guys want to go, we can probably still get you a discount on Wizard World Passes. If you're looking for that, so you can email us, show at OtherSidePodcast.com, and see if we can get a deal on that for you. So if you're interested in coming to Wizard World, make sure, keep in touch. Yeah. And if you're already planning on going, please make sure and stop by our panel. Say hello. Yes. We'll be at 4.30 on Saturday. And yes. Darkness Dave Schrader will be there too, doing Yay. a Weird Wisconsin panel later. <laughs> so it's going to be a whole a lot of paranormal fun we're bringing to Wizard I World. I love that. Right. And we can't wait to actually. So cool. Like the comics are awesome. Movies are awesome. But real, we're bringing the real life weird. Yes. This year. All right. Now, if you want to get real life weird oh, with man, us. Oh, man. We're getting weird now. Uh, then you should probably join our Patreon community. Oh, gosh. So the, the That's pa- the weirdest place ever. <laughs> weirdest place ever. Anyway. <laughs> Our Patreons help the podcast going. They help with the songs, the videos, the email newsletter that comes out every Friday with the five coolest paranormal stories every week. And so our Patreon community is the coolest group of people that we know. And we love getting ideas from you guys. We love having hangouts and discussions. And we find you extremely valuable. Yeah. And we love including you in the events that we do as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when we go up to the paranormal conferences, when we go and do investigations in scary places like we're going to do this week. Oh, well, that'll be a surprise. Secret. We'll talk about that soon. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, if you guys are interested in joining our Patreon community, you can really do it easily at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. You might even pledge at the level where you get a shout out in every single episode, Woo-hoo. like our buddy, Dr. Ned. Doc Ned, this one's for you, yo. Thanks, Ned. It was good seeing you at our Wednesday show. It was. Uh, my unofficial birthday party and had a really good time <laughs> overlooking the beautiful waters of yes, Lake Monona. Yes. Um, so, Ned, thank you very much to all of our Patreons. We love you, love yes. you, love you. Thank you so much. And we hope we see you in person, if not at a Sunspot show, maybe at Wizard World coming up go. on the 30th. All right. Everybody else, we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening. A witch! A witch bad hat!